Do it again. Of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world. You're listening to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. The martini, shaken, not stirred. Don't try and church it up, son. You can't handle the truth. I am the picture that got small. Your first one's on us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. I am your host, Mark Rigadona, and with me, as always... Richie Byrne! Welcome back, buddy! What's up, theater nerd? It's you last night! (laughs) I know! I couldn't write what I wanted to write, so I wrote theater nerd. (laughs) I know what you were going to (laughs) write. Dude, it is. Century. <laughs> I missed. I missed. It's ah. like a drug to not do the welcome. How um, did you open last night? I opened. Yeah, you I opened. Show on, and and it was funny because we didn't talk about it ahead of time, and uh, it and, came on. And we go into the music, and I'm like, I guess I'm going. And then Joe, <laughs> Joe called me. He goes. Oh man, I didn't know what we were gonna do. I'm like, does Richie know what are we doing? And I just went, ah, can welcome to Trace Jones and Storytelling. It was weird. Were you just as surprised as me every night? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great show. Anthony Rodia was awesome. That was a lot of fun, man. I'm so glad I got to hop on at the end. Later. Yeah, we had a lot of great comments. People were commenting. They he's got a lot of fans, that kid. Yes. And we have a new nickname for you now. You're Hulk Hogan <laughs> if he didn't wrestle. <laughs> Let me tell you, brother. Let me tell you, brother. I can put my roof up. <laughs> well, today's a very special episode. We got a very great. Uh, it's a what do we call it? Showbiz Thursdays. Showbiz Thursday. Uh, we're classing up the show today. I know. Are we, we allowed to have classy guests on? I don't know, but you know, with us two dirt balls as the well, host. I've known this girl quite a while, and she's not as classy as you think. So, <laughs> but I even wore a collar. I went collar. Today. I. I noticed. I was like, wow, Richie wearing buttons. Took me 20 minutes to find a button shirt. (laughs) The back is completely cut out so it can fit. (laughs) Dude, I I had to put uh, dress pants on for the thing I had to do yesterday because they would see my full body. Right. And I was like, I haven't put on pants with a button and I don't know how long. I went to put the pants on. I'm like... Yeah. No, I know. People, it's so funny because nobody's wearing anything but sweats and pajamas. That's it. Why? We're all putting on the Corona 15, man. It's like being in college again. It's brutal. (laughs) Well, let's get this baby started. You want to bring out our special guest? Bastards, we are. What's that? Now that we talked about what fat bastards we are. Let's bring out a sexy woman since we (laughs) talked about how fat and gross we are. I am so honored to have her. She's been a big fan of the show. Yeah. So religiously, she's an old friend of mine. She's Mark. We're gonna go into it. She's been on so in so many Broadway shows: Ragtime, Sue Sickle, Kiss Me Kate, Sweet Charity, with Rob Bartlett. By the way, no way. Yeah, with our old <laughs> old she's here with us today. I'm honored. I'm privileged to have her. Give it up for Janine Lamana, ladies and gentlemen. Janine. Hello. Hello. How are you? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, how are us. you guys? Thanks for having me. This is amazing. We love this. is our Showbiz Thursday. We just started yes. it last week, and we were thrilled to have you. And you've been doing theater for a couple of years now and been in a few just shows. Just a couple. I'm new. Yeah. You know, new at this. <laughs> yeah. how, do you, 
how how are you holding up with all this with the corona? Um, I mean, good. You know, uh, I'm raising two kids in Westchester, and uh, you know, pale. What I'm going through, you know, with my kids is, you know, pales in comparison to what the rest of you know people that are dealing with their loved ones not being able to see them or help them, or you know, someone is sick, and you know, I really feel for the parents where both parents get it. And they've got a house full of kids and they've got a feet, you know, I mean, I just can't even imagine. So we're really fortunate that everything's okay and we're healthy, knock on wood, everybody's good. Um, the homeschooling, you know, that's really the bane of my existence yeah, right Mark, now. <laughs> Mark's wife is a teacher. Yeah, so oh. she's <laughs> she's teaching other kids online while I'm with my okay. kids. And I realize uh -huh. teachers are severely underpaid. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, well, it's brutal. I wanted to do yeah. a little, I wanted to talk to Janine the other day, Mark. I'm like, hey, can you talk to Mark? She's like, I cannot talk between nine and three. No, <laughs> I just cannot talk. You you don't understand. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> I started when they first announced it. I started like Mary Poppins. I swear to God, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna tackle this. My son is in second grade. I'm gonna, this is going to be great. I'm going to get to spend so much time with him. Day two, I turned into Miss Hannigan. <laughs> I went from Mary Poppins to Miss Hannigan in zero to 90. I said, that's it. I've but now I got smart, though. I got smart, though. I, um, things are better uh, because I bribed him. <laughs> boys, and I but bribed him because I... Yeah, I, I remembered uh, Mommy Dearest, and I said, hey, you know what? I'm an actor, and I better this better go right, because it could go really... I mean, that was... I thought you were going to say you turned in the Nurse Ratchet. <laughs> no. No, I started pulling all the stops, because I was like, you know, I remember when Christina Crawford wrote a book about her mom. Right. Not happening to me, so I said, that's it. You read all the wire hangers? You got rid of all the wire hangers? No wire hangers. It's all Pokemon swag and merch. He calls it merch. <laughs> so the merch is coming in the house. Amazon keeps coming. I'm like, you know what? If you're good and you do all your schoolwork, I'll buy you another toy from Pokemon Summer. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. Wow. So, That's great. Now, yeah. but as an actress in live theater, how are you feeling? I mean, what? give us an idea of what you think. When do you think... And, and this is just your opinion, but when do you think, yeah. from a comedy perspective, we don't know what's going to happen. We really don't. Yeah. And from a theater perspective, yeah. what's going to happen? You know? So you had touched on it on your show um, a couple of shows ago, I think last week, how uh, laughter and comedy kind of breeds on infection, right? So basically, if you're sitting together and it's a... Mm -hmm. You know, it's a good crowd and you've got like 100 people all sitting kind of close together. It's kind of a good, you know, audience energy. for you, right? Because, in, yeah, it's a good energy. And that tennis game that goes back and forth between you and the audience is there and alive and palpable. You know, people feel uh, secure in numbers, I think, um, to laugh and let go. Um, in theater, you know, you're sitting next to each other as well. It's a very similar thing. I mean, whether it's... Um, a play or a musical if it's you know something there's a reason why we use the quote the the audience is electric there's a, a, yeah. a thing that comes through the audience that yeah. comes to the performers and yeah, you can feel exactly. the energy exactly and that's what is so you know i mean 
that's so great about theater. I mean, that's why a lot of people just live for the theater and they don't really, you know, necessarily gravitate towards TV or film because it doesn't have the same, you know, kickback, right? Watch um, watch think, a movie if you want to be entertained, go to the theater if you want to change your life. Like it's there's yeah, something yeah, about I, theater that makes you you should walk out. Something should be changing you when you walk out of the theater, for sure. Um, I think, though, my the good thing about it is that I think inter, uh, theaters have been really innovative. I think producers, directors, actors have all taken this particular, particularly strange thing that we're going through, and they have been so their their approach has been so unique. They're using Zoom meetings to do play readings. I mean, there's so much content now that I actually can't even keep up with it on the computer myself. You know, I'm just kind of like, oh, my God, I could see this play. I could see this play. And even though it's a bunch of actors doing exactly what we're doing in a Zoom meeting, they're reading plays and they're performing them. And, you know, while it's not the best antidote for it, and I don't think it's ever going to replace live theater, I think for right now, I'm it's a nice really band-aid. People are, yeah, people are really becoming very creative. Um, all of the benefits that I've been seeing online, um, between, you know, the backgrounds that people are doing, the singers, I mean, what singers are doing, I mean, they're singing in their houses by themselves, but they're, you know, piping in, you know, an orchestra or a piano player, and then they've got other people coming in, and I, I, it's unbelievable. I mean, I was watching BET last night and their fundraiser, and I was like, how do they have time or the innovation to do this kind of level of technology that we have today that can facilitate it? It's great. No, you're right. You're we right. had our buddy Payton on, and tonight he's doing a, uh, right actually right now, right now he's, he's doing a reading of King Lear with uh, Stacy Keith. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I saw and him. Yeah, I saw him on the show, yeah. We're going to yeah. have him on next Thursday to talk about how it went and everything, but... Uh, okay. I, I watched... You were talking about the BET thing. I just watched uh, the Rolling Stones did a concert together like three oh, days did. ago. And yeah, it was so yeah. interesting because of the delay. There's a lag in time, you know, and I, mm-hmm. I it was so interesting because they were all off just a tiny bit. But, you know, they're playing perfectly because they've been playing for a thousand years together. But it was yeah. off because of the lag. And then you saw Keith Richards adjust. And all of a sudden, him and Mick Jagger were syncing up, even though they were like a second delay or a half a second it, delay. It didn't even matter, did it? Yeah, yeah it was it beautiful. All, in all fairness, there have been many nights where Keith Richards was on delay. He was in a he was in a uh, heroin <laughs> delay though. We're used to that. Yeah, but his hair. Did you guys see him though? His hair was like in a tough tuft on the sides. You know, the he head. looked like Krusty the Clown. <laughs> like, well, when I saw them in concert, uh, Mick introduces him, and he and he's like the Dean Martin of rock and roll. Comes up to the mic, and he and he looks around. He goes, "Well, I guess I'm here." <laughs> well, I saw him. It was, a, I think, he was giant stadium. So did I. They, I they, they introduced. Uh, he goes, ladies and gentlemen, Keith Richards, and he walks out, and the crowd's cheering, and then he just goes, "All right, enough with the bullshit." <laughs> like you, you just played all the Rolling Stone hits, and he's like, "Enough with the bullshit," and then he played uh, black, uh, black roses or whatever it oh, is. Really? Yeah. <laughs> 
And I'm like, God. <laughs> yeah, you you earn that. You earn that though. After after that kind of success, you earn it. You can say oh, yeah. whatever the hell you want to say. Oh yeah. Yeah. Janine, you you what what do they say? Are they saying? What do you think? Are we are they going back in the fall? Are they going back in the summer? Is Broadway gonna? Do they have an idea? So what I know about the summer theaters um, is that they have postponed their yeah. summer program. Even, even another most like, of them, most of them have postponed you know, their summer theater. Wow, I mean, because there's so many regional and summer stock where you know in small little town. I used to, I mean, that's how I started. That's how you started. You know, we and yes. little yeah. towns aren't getting hit like we are here in New York. And I was yeah. wondering if those theaters will open. Are they working? Are they? They're struggling. They're struggling and they're doing fundraisers left and right. And, you know, the casting directors had to stop casting like in the middle of this season, you know, most pretty much. I mean, um, right. I think most theaters, it, it depends on what the Broadway league is going to decide. And it, it kind of is contingent on what the governor is going to propose as the numbers keep dropping and as we get more information about social distancing i think they're going to take it off of that they're just waiting i mean as a mom i'm waiting i mean i have my daughter signed up for camp and i'm like you know what i'm just waiting because i mean the end of june may be too soon may yeah, not there's there's two thoughts that i'm having with when things will return to what feels normal it won't be right away but i i feel like there's the possibility that by summer things will get where we're allowed back out where we're allowed to start doing stuff but who's gonna yeah. want to go inside a theater yeah. or a, a comedy club or anything like that because yeah. they're gonna want to go out outdoors stuff is gonna be through the roof people are gonna be hiking fishing yeah. boating doing all that kind of stuff if we're allowed back out in summer, then I think in fall it'll pick back up where it's like, okay, let's go laugh now. But I really feel like even if they let us back, and the virus will be yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah, they have to. They have to be careful. Yeah, you do. You have to be careful. I mean, because if you do it too soon, then you know you could start this whole thing all over again, and then everything that we've just sacrificed and did, you know, to prevent, you know, the spread, to flatten the curve, as they say. There's the dog. I saw the dog. Oh, yeah. I just saw the dog. He's my actually. He's my mascot for my production company as well. Angry Shih Tzu Productions, and uh, he's the he's the man. So he runs the house. I love that. I his love that. Uh, his face bought our house. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I thought my face bought you. Well, no, your body <laughs> did. <laughs> Ooh, speaking of bodies, let's talk about how we know each other, Rich. Let's talk about first. We haven't done this, Mark, and and I. We the name of the show is Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling, and we've done none of it yet. So none of it yet. Well, we've been storytelling. And okay. uh, I heard you prepared. Can I tell you why I love you, and not just you, but actors in general? Because we deal with comedians every day, and they're the most fucked up. Comedian, you're like, hey, guy, you want to come on and do my show? Yeah, man, what time? You tell me, hey, man, can we, like, talk a little so you have an idea? Nah, wing it. Hey, man, just can wing you it. videos? Nah. Do you, do you, need you have any videos? Do you have any anything we can promote? Just go on Google. You'll find it. Yeah, yeah Janine, Janine was like, here's the, you like, it was so great to have someone professional for a change. So these goddamn <laughs> Anyway, what are, you, what are you drinking, baby? What are, okay, so um, I... 
like to make fruity little cocktails. I don't know. I just make them up and I'm sure there's already some kind of recipe somewhere. But um, I today I made bullet bourbon, apple cider and ginger beer. Oh, that sounds there's good. A, there's a cinnamon. There's a cinnamon stick in there somewhere. It's at the bottom. But anyway, I think you what should. What are you drink? What are you guys drinking? You oh. should name that drink the Richie Burn, a fruity little cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with the old stateside oh, vodka. Oh, there you I go. can't get it up. That's, I really, you got to send me a bottle of that. Bottle. Dude, I'm going to send you some of this. It's the best vodka I've had. Is that the stuff that's got the electrolytes in it? Yes, it is so good. No Janine's hangover. Been watching. Janine's been watching. No hangover. Janine, I'm going to send you one, too, just because you oh, actually nice. pay attention. I'm and telling you, actually, it I tastes like Johnny how... Johnny Black? Black? Johnny Walker Black? Okay, great. Drink up. Cheers, kid. Cheers. To you, Rich. To you, baby. So, and... Apparently, you've come prepared with a joke. Oh, come on. I thought the joke was last. You want to wait? Well, she wants to close on oh, the joke. Yes, you want to close on the joke? Well, That's you funny. did with Rob Bartlett. You did with Rob Bartlett. I thought you were going to do the same thing with me. No? Okay. Well, you can do that. We're, at, we're, we're good with Listen, that. Listen, I got I to gotta work up to it, Rich. Right. You know, I'm not. I got to work up to it. I got to earn that joke so from the audience. I need to earn shop. that joke. You're comparing your comedy jobs to Rob Bartlett now, okay? Okay. <laughs> now, we already screwed the show up to start because we bring the before we bring the guest out, we show a video. And I was so excited oh. to get you out well, here. This was, yeah, we were pumped up. A friend of yours. The funny thing, Janine, I've seen, I think, three or four shows. I have to check one of my playbills that you were in back when I was in uh, acting school. Um, I have to double check because I've seen Chicago like a thousand times, so I got to see if I saw the the run well, you were in. I've but seen, I saw you in three I've other ones. I've seen three or four shows that you were in, but I was in them with you, so it's a little different. <laughs> you got to see them from stage. I got to see them from the worst seats in the house. So here, <laughs> Richie, Richie was not as kind as you, Mark, and did not spend his money to see I, me on I, Broadway. Okay, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that, I promise. But let's show the clip. We have a great clip I want you to see. Let's show the clip. The minute you walked in the joint, I could see you were a man of distinction, a real big center. Ironically, that is what I sing when I'm on the road with Richie and he buys a round of drinks. <laughs> now, let me ask a question about that. Did you guys hear okay. somebody counts on can we on the when you go hey big spender one two three listen for the count. Joey, play it again. It, it, I, a man is counting. The minute you walk in the joint. 
could see you were a man of distinction, a real big sender. Good looking, so refined. Wouldn't you like to know what's going on in my mind? So let me get right to the point. I don't pack my cork for every guy. I know what it is. That's the, that's the Tonys, isn't it? Yeah, that's the Tonys. But I think you're listening to an instrument. No. I, hear I did hear it, too. I think it's a frustrated cameraman who used to be <laughs> an actor. And he's going, one, two, three, or it's four. The, or it's a director or a stage manager. <laughs> but there's definitely a one, two, three. But it's only the first time. And, and then I saw the CBS logo. I go, oh, this is the Tonys. The Tonys, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's. You know, as a, for a theater nerd like me, my God, you were on the Tonys. That's awesome. You were featured on the Tonys. Bro, I didn't get that, a Tony. Huh? <laughs> I didn't get a Tony. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, right? <laughs> I've never even, I dated a guy named Tony once, but. <laughs> and you I got him. Tell me about that. Was that, you know, I mean, growing up wanting to do theater, when, I mean, yeah. we, we could talk about Broadway, which. You know, is my my dream. It's the one dream I've never had um, in this business. But what was that like to go from a Broadway show and now standing backstage going, oh, my God, I'm about to go out on the Tony Awards and perform? Well, it's a huge theater. The Radio City Music Hall is so massive. And you do um, a rehearsal first. And you walk out onto that stage and you just look at the It's the largest theater on the East. Did you do it with no one in the audience? Yeah, I yeah. played Radio City Music Hall, and it was more overwhelming when you went out for rehearsal and there's no one there, and you see how hot it was. Just not overwhelming, but yeah. just were like, "This is breathtaking." You, you know? realize it's a massive, massive yeah. amount of seats, and yeah. yeah, it's so big and overwhelming. And, it, and also, that stage is—I mean, the ghosts. Yeah. And you know what's in that theater, and what you know what you feel, just even the energy, just stepping on that stage. It's kind right. of like stepping onto Carnegie Hall. You're like, oh my God, you know, the just it's an amazing thing. But um, yeah, Sweet Charity uh, was such a great experience. I got to do it with Rob Bartlett. He wasn't the original uh, Herman, but he was so like. I can't even tell you when Rob Bartlett came into my life, I knew I had a friend for life. I really did. I I just, he was just such a lovely guy. And I met so many beautiful people and Christina Applegate, we had a lot of problems with the show because uh, Christina Applegate had kind of broke a bone in her ankle in uh, Mm -hmm. outer town tryouts in Boston Mm -hmm. And um, so they basically pulled the plug on the show in Boston. And they were like, you know, we're not going to do the show in New York. We're not bringing it. We don't. If we don't have Christina, we don't have a show. Right. And um, then some angels came in uh, and gave some, you know, much needed money to the show in order to buy us some time for her ankle to heal. And um, 
we got to do the show in New York and it was really lovely. Christina is an unbelievable person. She's an unbelievable uh, professional, dedicated, disciplined. She's one of the most incredible comedians. Well, she's such a gifted comedian. I mean, really, I was just like kind of learning for like I didn't realize it on stage with her because I played her best friend, and um, I, I was so close to her on stage, and I didn't realize exactly what she was doing until I actually um, I left the show uh, before it closed because I got pregnant, and um, so I sat out. <laughs> I sat out. <laughs> you done got knocked up. This is the kind of actor I am. I thought you were going to say, I got another show. No. I got pregnant. And um, so I sat out and watched it. And I was sitting out there watching her. And I went, oh, my God. I had no idea what was actually forecasting from the stage from her. She was just incredible. So funny. So meticulous. So right spot on. You can't, you know, I, I heard Betty White say one time, uh, they asked her, they said, you know, do you think you could teach comedy? And Betty White said, no, not really. She said, it's like dancing. You either have rhythm or you don't. It's really hard to teach it. And Christina is just one of those like perfectly gifted comedians that she doesn't really even, I mean, from married with children on everything she touches is to me, I bow down to her. I, I just think she's one of the greats. I think she's one of the greats actually. Like wow. in the category of like Lucille Ball, like I think she's one of the greats. Yeah. Well, she played, was yeah. in one of the premier TV shows of comedies of all time. You know, I mean, yeah, of all time. Yeah, did really. Yeah, as a kid, and was you know yeah. had, had to stay up with amazing two amazing actors who you know, and and exactly. held her own there. You know, I oh, mean, she totally holds her own, and she held. I mean, Dennis O'Hare is like a pretty indomitable spirit on stage, and. She, they were like magic together. He, yeah. he was incredible. Well, I have, I do have a great story. Do you, oh, tell me. No, 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 no we love stories. We're, we're no, here with talking about Christina Applegate. Okay. Tell I, um, I was going to tell you. All right, I want to tell you a story about opening night of Sweet Charity. Okay, so it's opening night. We're so so excited that the show is opened and that Christina's okay and she's holding her on and you know she really was in a lot of pain most of the time but she muscled through it. God love her. Anyway, so um, a lot of VIPs at the opening night and uh, my best friend uh, from Wagner College. We'll get to this in a in a bit, I guess, because Richie knows her. Um, my best friend Alice. Uh, her, was, mother, her uh, mother and my mother wanted us to get married, but me and her. <laughs> Go ahead. You know, Rich, she is six foot tall. Anyway, I know. So, um, I know. But that didn't seem to stop my mother and her mother. But for <laughs> Okay, so um, she happens to be standing, you know, the show's over, and this um, she's standing near Donald Trump and Melania. And uh, they're standing next to a man who's in a suit. And she said, obviously, this man was a producer or an investor in the show. And he looks to Donald and he says, um, so, Donald, you know, like, what'd you think? You know, did you think it was, you know, great? Did you like it and everything? To which Donald says, yes, some really nice asses up there on that stage. Jesus. Number one. 
Thanks for the compliment. Number two, if you're talking to a Broadway investor and you've been in New York for 50 years, don't you have some kind of stock answer like, you know, the show is fantastic. I think it's going to run for a while. You know, producer to a producer, you kind of like, don't okay. you have those stock answers somewhere? You know, can I just say that it's not a strip show. Jesus. Well, can I? Well, we were playing call girls. <laughs> we're um, playing dance hall girls in the 1960s. But I mean, we are. Professional actors, <laughs> just saying. Having seen, I don't care what we were playing. Having seen the video just then of you guys in the Tonys, it proves Donald Trump's not a liar. It is. <laughs> I mean, there were some nice dances on that stage. I mean, the man's telling the truth. Thanks for the compliment. Um, That's all I got to say about that. But listen, Mark, listen to this. And then... Uh, uh, this is overwhelming to me. Ragtime, swing. Saw you in that. Saw you in that. You did. You Kiss did. me, Kate. The look of love. Sweet charity with Rob and Christina. The drowsy chaperone. Now let me ask you something. Uh, Kiss of the Spider Woman. You were the understudy to Cheetah Rivera. Is that right? I wanted yeah. to see that one. Holy crap! That was my first first production contract. I think I was. Oh my God, how old was that? I was in my mid 20s and uh, my first production contract. And Rob Marshall was the director. And well, Hal, Hal Prince was the director of the Broadway production. And then when they put the first national out, um, Hal came in every once in a while, but it was basically just putting the show up. Cheetah already knew the show, and most of the guys, I think, knew the show. Some of them did. Um, but the dancers, um, yeah, it, it was an incredible experience. And I. I, I rarely tell this story, but Cheetah hurt herself. Uh, we were in Chicago, the city of Chicago, and Cheetah hurt herself in the middle of the preview. So we got one preview and then the opening night, and then we were going to run for about four weeks. Cheetah went down, hurt her knee really badly. I was on a pager. It was so <laughs> it was back in the 90s, so I had a pager. Wow. And, I was in, <laughs> and I was in my uh, hotel room. And I'm unpacking, you know, and I just, you know, whatever, having a beer and a salad and I'm packing. Also, my pager went off and I was like, oh, my God. Oh, 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 my, oh my God. I got the call. So I ran. I got this cab. Now, what do you do? Like you're an actress. You have to go on. It's in the middle of the show. And I have to get a cab driver that is going 10 miles an hour. So I'm like in the back literally putting my show makeup on in the back of the cab and i'm like excuse me sir could you please go a little faster i really need to get to the orient you know the whatever theater was the oriental i think it was and he's like ma'am i will go as fast as legally possible and <laughs> great that's great you got the one, that's great. You got the one, the one <laughs> johnny law decided to take a side job and you get him he's like it He's like, is somebody sick? And I'm like, yes, very sick. Cheetah <laughs> <laughs> Rivera. Cheetah Rivera is fucking sick. Fucking sick. Get on it. So uh, anyway, it went on in the middle of the preview, and then the producers were um, gracious enough, and they said, Janine, you ready? And they put me on open night. And I'm backstage and, you know, I'm behind the curtain and I had to sing a little something behind the curtain to open the show. So I had to be right there. And they're like, ladies and gentlemen, 
the role played by Cheetah Rivera will now be played by Janine Lamana. No. And you hear 1,500 people go, oh. <laughs> like, wow. Thousand people like, yeah. oh shit! <laughs> That's what happens when Mark opens for me. Yeah, <laughs> and now you're opening act, Margaret. Oh. <laughs> How hard is that, Janine? Seriously, when I mean, do, do you get past that quickly? Do you? Yeah, do you, I got past you it. Get out of that, that. Get that out of your mind. And you know what's funny about that? It's people. People, you're right. I mean, they go to. It's Cheetah Rivera. It's yeah. like really well, they had been waiting for her for about 15 years. They had the, Chicago, the city had been waiting for her for so long to return to Chicago that they were waiting with bated breath. It's Cheetah Rivera. I mean, of course, who the hell is Jimmy Lamana? But yeah, they didn't. I mean, but I did. I mean, luckily, at the end of the show, they were all mine. They stood up. They gave me that's what gonna say. They yeah. really, Then they go because people don't get this. Like, like, like if a comic isn't famous, he mustn't be funny. Or she must be. Oh, if yeah. an actor, if I never heard of you, it doesn't mean it. Then they go to see you and they go, oh, my God, this person is so goddamn talented. So <laughs> and then at the yeah. end, like, that was amazing because they, they don't understand that, you know. So yeah. that, that must yeah. be a good feeling to win them over that way and get them. It, it, yeah, it felt, yes, it, that, yeah, it, that made my day. And, you know, they brought in, um, because I wasn't a name, though, they said, okay, well, we're going to let you do this until we bring Carol Lawrence in. And then you'll do the matinees, and then she'll do the evenings. And, you know. You had the whole, you were understudying all, understudying all of West Side Story at that point. I, I seriously, okay, so I can't, I love that you said that. I did eight different productions of West Side Story from high school on, okay? Eight different casts of West Side Story. I don't know why I was booking West Side Story left and right, but I always wanted to be Maria, but I always booked Anita. You were so, Anita with me, right? No, no, you weren't, you weren't there yet, right? No, I wasn't there yet. But I did it with Sue Nock. I mean, one of our fellow alum, I did it with Sue many times and she was Maria and I was Anita. But um, a couple of times that I did it, I was the Maria understudy and Anita. Like, I was like, oh my God. That's so then weird. here I was in between Carol Lawrence and, and, and Cheetah Rivera. And I was like, my head, I said, you know what? Everything happens for a reason. This is all meant to be. It's all meant to be. Like, I couldn't even believe my luck. Yeah. 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 I was at dinner one night and Cheetah Rivera was next to us and someone at my table knew her and they started talking and she introduced me and I, I couldn't talk. Like, it's <laughs> one, I was like, it's Cheetah Rivera. And she <laughs> been nicer. And then the, yeah. someone said, Richie's a really great comedian. And in my head, I'm like, no, tell her I'm in, I'm in theater. Tell her, like, I went. And then like, I have such respect for comics. Like she went off on, I, I don't know how you get up there and do that. And, and then suddenly I'm like, yeah, now I'm cool. I'm a stand-up comic. <laughs> I, I was theater yeah. nerd. Uh, but you did – tell Chicago must have been amazing to do. There you are. Yeah, there – yeah, I loved Chicago. I um, – that was one – you know what? I was such a big fan of Cheetahs from the time I got my first show album in high school that um, I just aspire to do every single role she's ever done. Yeah. Like, I think my most of my career actually has been playing roles that Cheetah originated, which I think is really- Me really too. Because you too. You know, Rich, we're both Hispanic. Yes. You know, we both get, it's typecasting 101. Yeah. I mean, not, Great legs, we're both But that was back in the day when you could have a last name like Lamana. 
and it could pass for Hispanic. Right. I don't know why. They thought, oh, Italian, Hispanic, so similar. Same and, thing. Uh, now, do me a favor. <laughs> tell me, tell the story about when you did when you were in Kiss Me Kate. So I think we have a picture. There you are, Kiss Me Kate, and uh, oh, so. that was during nine eleven. Mm -hmm. And you tell yeah. the story about uh, when you went back after nine eleven. Okay. So Monday night. September 10th, I was doing a benefit for Broadway Cares Equity Fight Saves. Next morning, I wake up, my mom calls me, and, you know, where are you? Where are you? I don't live anywhere near World Trade. So shocking, so horrific. No warning. Um, we're back in the theater on Thursday night. They canceled the show Tuesday. Canceled both shows on Wednesday, and we were back in the theater on Thursday night. Wow. It was a type of thing where I just, I wasn't feeling it. I thought, how am I going to make people laugh? How am I going to be singing and dancing? There were about, we were at the Al Hirschfeld Theater. There were probably about 50 people in the audience that night on Thursday night. And we thought, I, you know, nobody's going to show, but a handful of people showed. They put them all down in the front, and we did the show for those people. And we thought, you know what? Some somebody said those people must have really needed to be here, and escape or do something. Um, and so we we did the show. We, it didn't matter, but the numbers were dropping and drop. I mean, it was just so hard to get people into the seats, and every theater was struggling to stay open. And we were in a lot of jeopardy of closing. A lot of shows. A lot of shows were in the same position. So um, someone in our show came up with a great idea to donate half of our salaries to the Red Cross. And we said to the producers, if we take a pay cut, can you keep the show open? Will that help you with your net? And um, they said, okay. So we, we basically donated the money to Red Cross to buy tickets to give to first responders and anybody that had come from out of town, anyone that was a family member or anyone struggling that wanted, you know, to use the resource and go see a show. So in addition to that, we said anyone who comes, a lot of people went to the box office and said, no, I want to pay for it. And we were like, you know, the box office said, no, this is a gift, you know, this, please take the tickets. And they wanted to, people were unbelievably generous. It really like astounds me. So theater goers um, tend to be that way. Yeah, they, they're yeah. so supportive because they get it. They get how special it is, and they're so supportive. It's amazing. So um, in addition, we said, if anyone would like to come back and meet us after the show, please, you know, welcome them on the stage. And we would go every night, and we would just stand there. If anyone wanted to meet us, great. Um, so I ended up talking to this um, chief, a fire chief, and he was from Colorado, and he goes, you know, thank you so much. Everybody just wanted to thank us for the tickets. Thank you, thank you. And I said, oh, my gosh, thank you for coming. I mean, you know, where are you from? What's your story? And he said, you know, we're down there 24-7, and it's not fun, and nobody's laughing. And it's not, it's really horrific, and we haven't smiled, and we haven't laughed. He said, tonight, he said, I looked down the aisle at my guys, and they were all laughing. He said, so thank you. He said, we needed that mental break. And that was a time when I thought, 
what else could I do? What could I do to volunteer? What could I do, you know, in, in the moment, in the day to day, you know, I mean, we, I was, I remember driving a van from grocery store to grocery store to pick up water and things that we could bring down to 9-11. I mean, we did anything we could, but I never realized that what I did for a living could actually be of use too. Yeah. You know, I was like, I'm not a nurse. I'm not, I don't have any skills in that regard, but oh my gosh, I could give somebody like a mental vacation that will actually help their brain. Right. That's why why this is so frustrating because we we could tell you stories too about comedians, comics, shows we did. Uh, When Hurricane Sandy happened, there were so many comedy events and 9-11. And this is like, it's the most, it's the first time where you're like, I can't. There's help. nothing we can do. There's nothing mm-hmm. I can do with my talent. There's nothing. How do I? How do I help? Yeah. I I had the opposite during 9/11. We were in the middle. We were opening that weekend doing checkoff in Yalta by um, Jonathan Driver, and it's like the exact opposite. Like, yeah, come to the theater and get more depressed. <laughs> Let's talk Russian Revolution. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, no. no one was going to that anyway. So, <laughs> you know, Rich, be supportive. Be supportive, Rich. I will. I'm joking. Now, listen, <laughs> I want to talk about a few things here. Uh, with okay. That uh, I, I've jumped way ahead on how we met and all of that. I haven't even yeah. got there yet. But before we okay. do that, I want to jump okay. to your tie to the comedy world. Stand-up comedy. Oh. Mark doesn't know anything about this, and Mark's <laughs> going to flip out when he hears this. Janine has a tie to the stand-up comedy world. Janine, tell Mark what you used to do. Okay. So when I, I went to Wagner College with Rich, and his senior class um, just was amazing with us freshmen. I mean, we'll get into that in a second, but uh, one of the previous alums – had worked at the comic strip as a co-check girl. And I was looking for extra work. You know, I had a single mom and I was trying to get myself through college. And um, next thing I knew, I had a job at the comic strip. You worked <laughs> And I was the co-check girl. Ah. And she told me, this is what I was instructed to do. I did not come up with this on my own. We're she not said, naming names. We're not naming names. I'm not naming any names. <laughs> Crack hour. But I said, she, goes, she goes, now, when you take the coats, she goes, they're going to, you know, you ask for a dollar for the coat, you know, a dollar per coat. She said, don't ask for a dollar, ask for two. And you put the extra dollar in your pocket. So I said, oh, <laughs> so by the end of the night, like I would take a cab home at like, you know, three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock with like 200 bucks in my pocket. Just from like taking coats, that's just a coat checker. <laughs> She's making the dollar and getting tips, Mark. Hey, I I don't blame you, man. <laughs> Silly us, we were going on the stage. I know the real money was in the coats. The real money's always in the coats. Plus, plus you're probably taking, you know, wads of money and wallets out of them jackets as you hung them up. You were cleaning well, house. I did, I did when Jerry Seinfeld came in. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? What's the craziest, craziest shit you ever found in a jacket? Oh no, I never went through anybody's jacket. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Nothing ever fell out. No, no. 
I, you know, I mean, honestly, I, I, go ahead. I'm sorry, baby. Go ahead. No, I was going to say Jerry Seinfeld, when he walked in, I thought, oh, my God, he's so cute. Like, here I am in college. And I was like, geez, if I could just get him to look at me, (laughs) (laughs) I probably would have, like, you know, took his coat and said, oh, I'm sorry, I lost it just so I could keep him engaged for a little bit longer. You know, (laughs) Mark and I do the same thing when we see him. <laughs> but I remember Lucian and I remember all the comics that came in. And- Did Lucian tell you we already have a white coat check girl? <laughs> we already have a white girl who does coats. We don't need another. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so I have a lot of respect for what you guys do because I used to sometimes I'd sit in the back and uh, watch, you know, not all the time. But if it was somebody that, you know, everybody was excited about, I would go and stand in the back and watch. It's an unbelievably brutal (laughs) (laughs) form of art. Yeah. You know, you know, I was doing my own variety show, which, you know, the Richie Burns show and Sunak, who we went to college with, who you mentioned earlier, played Maria. Uh, was in. Uh, she was a cast member in the show, and the show was a conglomerate of everyone I knew in in theater. I, I mean, in in show business, I I had a band that I, I'd done a play with. I had writers who were all comedy guys. I had a lot of the comics on the show, and then I had all my theater friends were the actors and performers, and it was an amazing thing mm-hmm. to put together. It was really hard work, but it was amazing. You remember I was doing it, and um, yeah, yeah. But the comics would come to the rehearsal. You know, the writers would come to the rehearsal. And when we'd be on a break or whatever, all the comics would be sitting together, just Mark, you know, just killing each other. Just, yeah, just brutally <laughs> destroying each other. And Sue one day came up to me and she goes, Man, you guys are rough, man. You guys. <laughs> and I go, You don't understand something, Sue. These are the nice guys. I'm like, Come to These the are friendly. One night. You won't believe the things that people say to each other. So, yeah, comics can be rough. So when I was in acting school, we all worked at Stand Up New York. It was all theater guys. There was, I think, seven of us. We ran that club from the bartenders to the managers to the booker. to They were all uh, American Academy of Dramatic Arts students. So when people would come... Oh yeah. my god, how great. Okay. Oh, Ada, not musical. I can't sing. I can't oh, sing to oh, save oh, my no, life. No, no, no. Oh, Ada. Oh, okay, okay. We, oh, okay. We, uh, right. But we would we took over that club and it was our energy. And so when you walked into the club as a customer, the show started. You know, like you walked in and we were all ready to get you seated, get you and comics used to mention all the time that it was like there is a different energy about this club. Like Everybody uh-huh. in this club is all about the show. So, like, yeah. the the waiters, the people seating, they all played mm-hmm. it as a role, you know, that it was, like, it's part mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. show. Don't, it's all about the comedian on stage. Everything's about... But the bad part is they also knew when there was a comedian that was an asshole, they knew how to ruin their sets. So <laughs> it would be like... A, oh. There would be a big audition for the Conan O'Brien show, and all of a sudden the busboy would accidentally drop his tray right at his closing bit. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, 
you know, we know how to make a show better, but we also know how to screw over that comic if they're a dick. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! We have the same thing in the theater. I mean, we just wonder why you know cheetahs, you know, need, oh, yeah, you know, what she slipped on right. on the stage. You better be nice to the stage no. manager. That's all I say it, about theater people. <laughs> it's called it's called All About Eve. <laughs> be careful. You, you, you've been in, like I said, countless Broadway shows. You've worked with Burt Bacharach, Hal David, Barry Manilow, Candor and Ebb. I mean, it's just the list goes on and on. You've been a five yeah. out, Sweet Charity, Susical, Enter Laughing, Believe the Music of the Sherman Brothers. Uh, Chris Kringle, the musical. Very cool. Rich, um, I, I do believe that you're right for the role now that you've grown the beard. Yes, I, did, the beard I didn't want to tell you, but I was going to recommend oh, you for the uh, stage I production. absolutely right for it. Um, and if you guys are doing a stage production of Hulk Hogan as a roofer, Richie is, <laughs> Richie is ready to go. Your biggest role, which, and we have somebody who is very impressed by this, was you with Carmen San Diego. Oh, look at that. Look at, that's awesome. Our producer, Joey St. John. Joey, come on. This Joey. Hi, guys. Joey was yeah, I, was a, I, I was a little starstruck when I found out we had Carmen Sandiego on the show. Yeah. I mean, I found her. She's in Pelham. I've been searching for her for 20 years, and now I found her. <laughs> and they, they actually did a lot to hide who you were, right? That, that was like a big deal? Yeah, yeah. Oh, we, well, actually, we actually have a clip for yeah, oh, yeah. Show, the clip. show the clip, Joey. So one of the first big questions uh, I ever experienced in my life was where in the world was Carmen Sandiego? And that, I guess, just kind of stuck with me. And now that I had a platform to sort of solve the mystery with Huffington Post, I, I figured I'd pursue that. Uh, Janine, when you first got contacted by Todd, when you found out that he was actually trying to find you, the woman behind this role, what did you think? Um, well, when he told me how old he was, I thought, so you were five when you started watching the show and the show was geared towards 10 and 14 year olds and I thought wow this guy must have been some kind of prodigy um, so I thought I owed it to him to give him an interview I'm curious why the show Janine wanted to keep your identity a secret I mean was it part of the whole shtick the whole thing Sure. I think it had already been established with the previous show, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego. Um, it was kind of hard to find uh, the actress. There was a voiceover um, for that cartoon that they used for the show. So I think um, it was kind of the same template for the next incarnation of the game show to keep her mysterious. And also because I was actually embodying her for the first time, um, I had a fedora that covered my eyes and they really guarded my identity uh, you know, closely because they didn't want to spoil it for the kids. We're showing pictures of you in that fedora uh, and it's just great to sort of oh, see okay. these pictures and you now here with us live. You know, Todd, for you growing up with this character and finally tracking her down, what's that? So I wasn't as dedicated as Todd in my search, well, but can you'll, I, you'll, you'll always be the only Carmen Thank Sandiego. God he wasn't stalking me like Todd was. <laughs> can I, just right. say, I think it's funny it says Todd is a senior staff writer for Huffington Post. Todd hasn't been a senior in anything. He looks like he's four. <laughs> he's, a, he's a sophomore in high school, senior writer. <laughs> yeah, I know. Janine, it was I great know. to have finally found you. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm so glad you did. But there's a whole Young adults who were like blown away by this, apparently, that you were. Yeah, I, 
I can't get my kids interested, but um, nor could I, <laughs> I, I beg them all the time. I'm like, hey, it's on YouTube. They're like, mm, no. Well, anyway, so they move on. <laughs> but, um, my nieces, though, the same thing happened to me when the show was on in the mid 90s. <laughs> the only person that watched it faithfully for my family was my mother. <laughs> and I would call my nieces and you know it's a kid's show so I would call I have all these nieces I have sisters that are older than me so I had all my nieces were the right age to watch the show and I would call and be like did you see me today and they're like no <laughs> we didn't put it on we don't no, like I that educational what shit what did, your mother, <laughs> yeah. what did your mother have to say about the fact that they kept you kind of hidden I can oh my god, did not like it. And then <laughs> I did all these. Did but not. you've got pretty not. eyes. Why would they no, cover no. them? But Janine, what what would she say? Janine does a great imitation of her mother. So that's what I'm saying. Um I don't understand why they have the hat over your eyes. I can't see your face. Why can't they show your face? Um Janine, so mother is the I, epitome of the woman who says, You should do Saturday Night Live. You know, oh, like, yeah. you know what? My mom said to me, yeah, my mom is a kind of mom that's like, now, why can't you be the nanny? Right. Well, mom, Fran Drescher's the nanny. I know, but you're gorgeous. You could do that part. <laughs> well, mom, somebody else has the part. I don't know what to tell you. Like, you can't just walk in and be like, hey, you know, I can play that too. I don't know. Do you want to get rid of her? Or My know? mom told me. No. Jenny, <laughs> <My mom, laughs> right, um, I gotta tell you, I'm overwhelmed by your resume, and I—I I mean, I've known you forever. How did I miss all of this? How did I miss all? Of this? You were too busy putting roofs up as Hulk Hogan. I'm not, I'm not done though. I'm not done. You performed at the White House, and we have a picture. Oh my God! Yeah. Oh Look yeah. At Look at that guy. Look at that. Yeah. What was that like? Crazy. Crazy, crazy. Okay, and the only reason why I got invited, and really, I owe this. I owe this to my husband. So I married an army officer, and her husband's an army paratrooper. Mark, you retired. Thank him for our service. And how many? How Thank many? Thank him yeah. for his service. That's we're all. Uh, we all love that. How long has he been in? Yeah, he um he was uh, in for about almost twenty years. And uh, went to Virginia Military Institute. And when I met him, uh, he was stationed at Fort Bragg. So we kind of went, I went back and forth a little bit from Bragg. But while I was doing, so I'm an army wife. Okay, so I become an army wife, which some would say was a perfect role for me. <laughs> and um, <laughs> the, actually, there was a TV show. And I think it was. I remember TV Army Wives. Called Mona McClaskey or something like uh, that. Oh, yeah, like really yeah, yeah, like a Broadway star married an army officer. I said, "You're kidding me! You can't make this crap up." Anyway, <laughs> mother must so, be. Like, um, Why you doing that? That was a great show. Was it? Yeah, I, I really. Look it up. I need to look it up because I keep thinking like, there's no way. Like, I think I'm the only person like. On Broadway, that married an army officer. Like I think there's a rocket that's married to a marine, but it's you know not a. It's not like you get a lot of soldiers at the you know stage door. Like hey, back in the forties, you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's no longer the uh... yeah. <laughs> Johnny's. So anyway, so he's deployed. He's in Iraq, and I am. 
on Broadway doing the Drowsy Chaperone. And so they call the White House Googles, literally Googles. Oh, so wait, so I'm doing uh, Drowsy Chaperone and CNN picked up me as a story. Like what are army wives doing while their husbands are deployed? So they CNN American Morning does this whole story on me and Mike. And, you know, here I am. They got all this B-roll of me and Drowsy Chaperone. I had replaced uh, Sutton Foster in in the lead role of drowsy and uh, they got all this gorgeous B-roll and then they've got footage of Mike and they've got, you know, and so they're like, so this is what you're doing while your husband's deployed, you know, other, you know, right. I'm just like, yes, I'm starting a Broadway show. Other moms are like, you know, I've got five kids at home. My <laughs> husband's away. No, I'm kicking and kicking up a heel in a Broadway show. I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> so this, so, okay. So now cut to the White House is celebrating National Military Spouse Appreciation Day. And they Google army wives who sing. So of course, the first thing that popped up was the CNN American Morning Show. And they're like, wait a minute, this, <laughs> this girl on Broadway is her husband's in the 82nd and he's deployed and like, how can we get her to the White House to sing? So luckily, Drazi Chaperone, the producers were so kind and they let me go to the White House for the day. And um, I sang the national anthem at National Military Spouse Appreciation Day. But here's the thing, George Bush could not stop saying my name. And as he gets up to the front, he's like, thank you, Janine. Thank you, Janine. That was a good job. What Everyone give a round of applause to Janine. And then as he leaves, he said, Janine, good job, Janine. And I'm like, what is going on? So then, and I had my baby with me, and she was about one year old. And oh, she was in the White House with me. So it, it, the president is somewhere on the first floor. There's a big like um, party afterwards. And he comes out of this room. And there I am standing with my baby in my arms, right? And he goes, is she yours? And I said, yes, sir, she is. And he said, <laughs> he goes, well, give her to me. And he takes my baby. <laughs> he didn't mean the hold. He just took her. <laughs> he took her. And the cameras are going off left and right and everything. And I say to my husband, my husband calls from overseas and he goes, so how'd it go? Mark my words. I said, we are getting invited back to the White House and I don't know why. <laughs> I feel like we're coming back. So cut to, that was in May. So cut to November and I get an invitation in the mail for one of the uh, Christmas parties at the oh. White House. And I said, son of a bee, I knew it. I knew he was going to ask me back. I don't know why. So this is the most amazing story. Oh my God. I could go on and on. So we, Please go do. <laughs> we go to the White House. It happens to be my husband's birthday. And like a fool, I didn't think like surprise him you know it was his birthday and so anyway I, I get to the white house we meet george and laura we take the picture and everything and then they say okay go to your table so i go to my table my husband goes to his table it's an old-fashioned thing where they split the couples up right he's sitting with like tony snow and i'm these ladies say to me do you know where you're sitting and i said why yes i'm sitting at this table and they're like no do you know where you're sitting and they're at the table with me and i'm like um and they looked at me and they go, this is the president's table. And I went, I'm, I'm sorry, what? At one point, my husband comes up and he goes, so how's it going? I'm like, this is the president's table. He's like, okay, I'll see you later. <laughs> so, uh, great. And he's like, and this is all because of me. Like, you got 
<laughs> like you're a military spouse because of me. Yeah, but that was teamwork. Wow. You had to, that was complete <laughs> teamwork. Yeah. He exactly. got you the invitation, but you earned the reinvite. Wow. That I is know. That awesome. hysterical. I hadn't told wow. you that story, Rich. That's crazy story. You got to yeah. get your husband into no. acting so we can say he's like a second <laughs> William Holden. You know, the soldier who showed up to a Broadway show and got discovered. Yes, yes. Well, yeah. Now you have two president stories in one show, which is pretty awesome. I have two you mentioned Trump and, and Bush. Um, we do have another clip. Can we see the clip? Oh. Then came the war, I caught my soul. I got to say, before we, because we're probably going to wrap soon, but I have to get this out before we do. I just like to say I hate both of you because I'm so jealous. Well, you guys are such good singers, and I wanted to be able to sing my whole life, and I, I can't even hold a tuning fork, let alone a tune. That was obviously a Vita. And... Um, <laughs> God, I'm so jealous of you guys, you, and you make it look so effortless. Well, she's great. I, no, she's you great. Just, I, you just you make it look like speaking, um, and you, you're holding these perfect notes. It's you unbelievable. Were, you originated that in Broadway, yeah, yeah. And then, and you did a you you did on the Rosie O'Donnell show. Oh yeah, a bunch of so Rosie came in and played the Cat in the Hat. Yeah, right. and we right. got to because. Um, her, her theater producer was Joy Trapani, who was one of our best friends from Staten Island and yeah. Wagner College. Yeah. And I mean, it just happened to be that Joy was the theater producer and Rosie right. came in and did the show. And then she, Rosie loved the show so much, she put it on the show, like, I think two or three times. I've been on the Rosie show a couple of times, but she basically like singled me out and let me do Notice Me Horton on the show with Kevin Chamberlain. Right. And uh, that was the first time. And then we came on as a cast to do um, um, one of the one of the big numbers. I can't remember now. Anyway, but um, yeah, it was really, you know, what a what an interesting. I guarantee I saw every single one of your uh, appearances on there because shout out to Scott Cody, who's probably watching. Oh. My old yeah. roommate used to tape the Rosie show, and when we'd okay. get back from school, he would watch it. He was obsessed with the Rosie O'Donnell show. Wait, your roommate was Scott Cody? Yeah. Do you know him? Oh, my. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. How, well, yeah. how was it working with uh, Rosie? Oh, Rosie was so much fun and so generous yeah. and so... Um, I've never seen a bigger champion for live theater and Broadway in my yeah. life of all of, all of the stars that could, you know, that love it and come back to it. Rosie really, really, truly loves it, supports it wholeheartedly. And what she does for our community Absolutely. is pretty astounding. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was the last comedian that she ever had on her show. 
You oh were the God. reason. I was the reason. No, no. She she actually oh. paid me. I shouldn't say this, but she actually paid me a compliment because there were supposed to be two more comics after me before she went off. It was her last season. And uh -huh. she said, I finally got a guy who did exactly what I wanted, and I'm going out with him. And she never put another comment. Uh, and that's, yeah, the other two comics still are mad at me to this day, but fuck them. <laughs> um, <laughs> you've, you've, you've done so much in your career. I mean, think about it. Broadway. Nothing compares. Nothing compares. Well, I'm glad so let, me let me get this out. You were on Broadway in so many shows starring Cheetah Rivera, White House. Radio City Music Hall, but I want you to tell the, the, the people the, the first day you got to walk into a rehearsal and Richie Byrne was the star of the show. What was that? <laughs> well, it was snowing in hell. We and, have, oh, uh, Pirates of Penzance was our first. Right, Pirates of Penzance. We have a picture. I think we have it. No, that's oh, you. No, that's Oklahoma. Right there. here we go. Is that you in the uniform, Richie? Yes, that's me. He's the modern major general. She needs the hot daughter right there. <laughs> One of 12. And, and we Richie, you look like a heavy set Mussolini. She Wonderful. Played, shut up, stupid. She played, I she can't. played my daughter in that. And then we, we did Oklahoma together. It's a great picture. We did Oklahoma. Yes. Look at this, Janine. That's All right, which, in the back. Janine, I, I can hat. see Janine. And I'm Where are you, Richie? He has dark hair. Um, He's got the suspenders on in the front. That's me. Oh, that's you? And over on the, see on the left, that's the stars. That's Matt Lenz, now a tremendous director. And that's Sue yeah. Knock, Mark, up next to him, who we've been talking about. No way. And in the back is Alex Knisley, is... over in the back, the tall girl in the corner. That's yeah. Alex, who we were talking about earlier. So that's me as yeah, Joe. Really tall girl. Yeah. yeah. And I got to tell you a funny story uh, about me as Judd. It was my last show in college. I was a senior. And, um, you know, it's a musical. And it's Oklahoma. And, and, and I'm playing the one serious role. The one I'm playing the crazy guy. In, and, and I'm in my De Niro days, Mark. Like, <laughs> you talking to me. I'm, I'm like, I have to live the character. And Sue was the lead. And I was <laughs> my character was obsessed with her. And she was one of my best friends in college. So I told her, I go, listen, I'm going to stalk you. I'm going to stalk you. <laughs> There's nothing like telling someone you're going to stalk them. I, you and I can no longer talk. Um, and I'm going to stalk you. And I started showing up at her classes and like sitting in the back and just staring at her. I wasn't going to my own classes, but I was going to. <laughs> Oh, like was, oh, that old that old excuse. Was, oh, I'm doing it for the part. Excuse me, other three years, Rich. But she goes, you know, it's a musical, Rich. Relax. Like it was the game. <laughs> Every time the Rogers and Easy Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Rogers and Hammerstein shows had a dream ballet, Mark, where yeah. in the middle of the show, suddenly there'd be this dream sequence where these they perform what you've already seen pretty much, right, in the show. Uh, and Janine was the, the lead dream part Laurie. in the dream. She was Dream Laurie. And the funny thing is, is, so she had to play Sue in the Dream Ballet. But I still got to play me in the Dream Ballet. And I had to walk <laughs> out and pick Janine up and walk off. Do you remember this? And, like, walk off with Janine. And, and I couldn't dance for shit. And it was, but I was so impressed. You were a freshman. And I was so impressed with how what a 
amazing dancer you were. And I mean, you had to, like, we saw you, you know, you, you auditioned and you sang the shit out of everything. But then you, I was, because ballet to me is unbelievable. And you were so wonderful. And then a few years later, I'm a working actor and, and, and you're, I think you might still have been in school. You might've just gotten out. And I get called to play Kanicki in Greece in Potsdam, New York. And who was Rizzo? Janine. And we got to play uh, opposite each other. And if you remember, Mark, I had hair down here then. And rather than- I think it was a, I think it was a mullet. It was a mullet. It was a mullet. <laughs> of course it was a mullet. It was the late 80s and I was cool. We used to, do you remember this, Janine? They, you and, I, I know Trisha and Tini, did, they would wrap my hair up in curlers and then Bobby pin them in because you. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I used to drive Janine crazy because you'd be doing the dance, the sock hop or whatever, the dance thing. And and I every night I thought my hair came out. Every night <laughs> it came out. And she's trying to work. Isn't she's trying to dance. You kind of got a mullet right now, Richie. This I know, but I'm going, Janine, is my hair okay? Janine, is my hair okay? Janine, is like, shut the fuck up about your hair. So, oh, my God. I, I remember, remember the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember the 90s. But I think it's funny <laughs> Four years earlier, I was De Niro going, I have to stalk you. And now four years later, I'm going, no, I'm not cutting my hair for a role. <laughs> <laughs> you became River Phoenix. Yeah. I, I, I seem to remember that Ricky, like, in he had to lift me in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And I just remember us going over it and over it and over it because, yeah, because so I happened no you pulled your back out and i you you were like oh well, you know what you're right that's when i i had heard i had two herniated discs in my back yeah not about you're right and i actually couldn't do like a couple of shows because i was in i was in traction right and then i played judd and i had to lift you you're, yeah, and you used to go, I'm sorry, I'm so fat. You had this gorgeous body. You're like, I'm like, no, I'm just a weak asshole who can't dance. <laughs> but you, I just remember over and over, we're like, you know what? Just drag her off stage. You know, it was like, it was by like, the foot. It was the type of thing where it's like, throw her over your back, Rich. I can't. All right, you know what? Just drag her by the hair. Oh, Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> like, who knows what we ended up with? <laughs> I mean, but think about how high maintenance that was. We, I, all I had to do was carry you off stage. I couldn't do that. All I had to do was dance with you in the scene, and I'm going, "How's my hair? How's my hair, Janine? Is my hair okay?" Richie, if you tell me one more time about your hair, I'm gonna cut it off in your sleep. I swear to God. <laughs> look at that. Oh my That's God. I love it. I mean, it's a little, you know. You look like Christopher Walken got stung by a bee. <laughs> But we got to get out. Let's bring Joel in. Let's bring Joel back out. My dog, real quick, I want to say, oh, yeah. my dog jumped up on my lap. I thought it was because he wanted affection. He's trying to get to my vodka. <laughs> He's definitely my dog. That's what you get for putting Pedialyte in it. <laughs> I just wanted to say that this was a great episode. Um, as a lot of people know, I went to Wagner College as well. Um, and, and I went there because of the active alumni and they said that what a, what a great alumni association they had. And it's even more so 
when I've become good friends with Richie the last two years and being a part of the Wagner College Theater, um, I see how close-knit you guys are, and it's just nice to hear you guys talk about that and how truly talented. I don't know if you know this, Janine, but um, the last five years, it's been harder to get into the Wagner Theater program than it is the undergrad in Harvard because they accept so few students. And I said they've been ranked in the top five the last 20 years, and Richie thought I was making fun of them. But they're actually ranked <laughs> number one yeah. in the country. Yeah, uh, yeah. Theater, theater, yeah. You know, that's because I did. They have, a, they have when you go to their thing, when you go to like college night, and the high school kids are looking around. They give you a folder with Richie Burns' photo on the front. Yeah, they do. And says oh, Wagner okay. University, and it makes these kids just really want to go to Wagner. So it's. They're throwing the money. They're just tossing it up. They're not even interested in theater. They're like, you know what? If Hulk Hogan went there. A few years ago, they did. They had the 50th anniversary of the theater. Uh, that's and, what I was going to mention, yeah. And Janine was the host. And, uh, and With Michelle Park. With Right. And Janine called me and said, uh, you got to help me. You got to help me. And and we, we, we wrote some... I wrote some stuff for you, and it was so much yeah. fun. And because That's I knew awesome. a good host always has a couple of good jokes up her sleeve, and I right. thought I'm not getting out there just <laughs> and going to ride on my good looks because that's gone down the down. No. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm like, I better have some sharp material. Well, so I call Rich and I'm like, if anyone knows this theater department, like me. I know this theater department, it's Richie Byrne. Go ahead, Richie, and then I have yeah. to tell a story. Yeah. You're making me jealous I didn't go to Wagner, you guys. You should have. She had some jokes. No, I had no grades to get into any <laughs> university. <laughs> no, let me say, she had some jokes and a lot of dresses that night. Every time she came guesses. back on stage, she was in a new dress. Was like, oh, <laughs> she can't change again. Can she really change again? How do you come in another dress? But <laughs> ju just like comedians, uh, theater uh, very, very competitive. Richie, tell her about the Wagner Alumni uh, oh, Award that you got. Okay, that so, story is great. So, Mark, here's what happened. It, it was it was that night too. Afterwards, we went to uh, it Jody's. Was that night. Yeah, it was that night. It was a Duffy. Duffy's. So here's what happened, Mark. She calls me. Hey, can you help me with this script and blah, blah, blah. So she goes, what's this award you're getting? Because I, Joel had, I I was getting an award uh, at the same time from the alumni. And, and you got the phone call on April Fool's. I got the phone call on April Fool's, right? <laughs> so you told the, the head of alumni to go F himself because you thought it was an April Fool's joke. Why would yeah. anyone give me an award? From my college. Mark. Yes. Seriously. Yeah. Well, Joel, Joel put me in for this. I didn't even know about it. The guy literally calls me and I'm going, all right, who is this? Yeah. I'm going, Jacob, John Jacobson, is that you? Yeah. And, and in, going, case, in case it didn't happen, I didn't tell Richie because I didn't want to get his home. The guy even goes, listen, Mr. Byrne, here's the deal. <laughs> second, we're giving you a award. We'd really like you to be there. He was like so frustrated by me. So <laughs> Charlie, Charlie Seidenberg is, is talking about this. Oh, Richie's getting awards. So Janine goes, what's this award you're getting? And I go, oh, it's some award. And she goes, she goes, I've been in 12 Broadway shows. I sang for the president, but nobody gives me an award. Why are you getting I'm like, Janine was like all up in arms about this award. So now it's the night of the 50th anniversary. And Janine is still talking about the award. 
So we go out <laughs> dinner. We go out after the show to have some drinks, and we're in a we're in a bar on Forest Avenue, Duffy's. And Janine's going, this award, and Richie's getting an award, and, and somebody goes, yeah, it's the fellow award. And Janine goes, fellow award? Oh, I got that like 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Who gives a shit about that one? <laughs> it made me laugh so hard, Janine. Joel and I left the whole way home. Now, oh, wait a minute. Oh, I got that. Oh, okay. All right. Anyway. Like, like I'm, behind the time. I'm running out of room on the fireplace. I don't need another one of those things. So funny. But you, you have not told the joke. Oh, I have to tell the joke now. Okay. We're going to go out on the joke, baby. Oh, whew, I better get it right. All right. If No pressure. If you don't, I no, have no a pressure. backup one. All right, I'm just saying that I love, love, love. I have 50,000 best friends who are Jewish. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, this was oh, this is with love. Oh, this is with love. Oh, Lord. Okay. This could be our last show. It's payback for all those Italian jokes I've been getting for, you know, how many years. Okay, so a Jewish grandmother is walking on the beach with a grandson. So nice. It's probably Coney Island. The walking, it's beautiful. All of a sudden, a tidal wave comes, whooshes up onto the beach, takes the little child out into the ocean, never to be seen. She says, dear God, please bring, black, bring back my grandson, please. I'll do anything. I'll give you anything. Oh, my God, just please bring him back safe and sound. Here comes the tidal wave, brings the grandson safely back down on the sand next to her feet. She looks up to the sky and she says, he had a hat. <laughs> <laughs> That's drink okay. jokes. And oh, wait, we got more. And that is the only joke I know. Stay on, though. We're going out. Go ahead. That's drink jokes and storytelling. Boom. Last call. Thanks for listening to Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling.